All right, guys, welcome to the sixth episode of the Craig Gibson Aridi podcast. And today I have with me Mr. Tom Galea. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, this is, this is great. I've been looking forward to this. Um, so this is just for everyone at CrossFit Aridi and, you know, uh, clients of Greater Western Health and the greater community to get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to go back to the start, so yep. can you fill us in on where you grew up, your family makeup, brothers, sisters? Yeah, so born and bred in Gracewold, New South Wales, yep. out past North Richmond. Um, family of five, I've got a younger brother, younger sister, so I'm the role model. Yeah, um, Yeah, big Maltese family, obviously. Dad's side, well, there's 26 cousins. And now I think Nunna's just had a 45th great-grandchild. So Wow. Yeah, pretty um, pretty big on that side. And the other side of the family, mum's side, pretty big as well. There's 12 grandchildren and, you know, I'm the oldest one. So I think they're waiting on me to start having grandkids. But I told Katie we have to wait. <laughs> have to wait a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> um, how, how long does she have to wait? Oh, mate, yeah. Oh, we're in a pretty good place at the moment, but... You both are. Yeah, just um, take things slow and run the business and yep. got to make sure she's ticking all the boxes, which, you know, she is, she's doing well, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yep, that's it. Um, what, what was it like as a role model growing up for your brothers oh. and sisters? Oh, mate. Oh, had its ups and downs. Um, in the younger years, it was all right, but as I got a bit older, you know, I started experimenting and making a few wrong decisions, and you know, I think they learn a lot from from those those times. And yep. you know, we kept it in as a family, but it's um, you know, they were there through it all, all the arguments with mum and dad, and a lot of teenagers. It's normal, but in a wog family, you know, mm. it's um, unheard of some of the stuff we all we we got up to, you know, me and my mates, but. Not ratting on anyone, but yeah, um, yeah, they went through it's a lot. Typical so, of a team. Yeah, so I think they seen a lot of things like that. And look, it's good to. My brother always used to copy everything I did mm-hmm. as well. I used to hate it as a kid, but you know, you look back on it now and and think, you know, oh, it's pretty cute and yeah. that sort of thing. But um, now he's the complete opposite. Everything I tell him to do, join CrossFit, do this, do that. He wants to do the complete opposite. He's now even started, uh, well, he obviously started going to the gym. He does plus fitness or and that crap. Yep. But he, um, I started obviously powerlifting a few years ago and I told him about it. Oh, yeah, you know, that's gay. But now he's started doing it himself, you know, reading up on his own programming, you know. Yeah. I said, you know, we've got uh, qualified coaches at Aredi, you know. Condition, strength and conditioning, that's all they do come. It's a better environment. You don't have to fail 170 kilo squats yourself out of your own rack, you know? Yep. No, don't, he just wants to do his own thing, you know? So fair enough, but it was very different to growing up as a yeah. kid, you know? So When you go back and think of, were you guys close? Like say, you know, from your earliest memories to, you know, 12, 13 years of age, were you close? Um, what, what was your... Would you just play around the the yard and? Yeah, yeah, we um well, yeah, me and Mitch used to play around a bit. Belle was an only girl, yeah. So you know she used to challenge us a bit. Um, she was a feisty one, but we we love her. She has a lot of character. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and Mitch always riding bikes and stuff in the backyard, and you know, I used to order him around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How many um, acres did you have? Out of five acres. Yeah, okay. Five acres. And then um, when we were, I was 10, Mitch was three years younger, so he was seven at the time, and Belle was five. Mum and Dad decided, because Dad used to work um, long, long hours. He's an auto electrician, owned okay. his business for 12 years, and we didn't know him. So he decided, him and Mum, they were both pretty adventurous, decided we'll you know, um, lease the business out to my cousin and yep. go around Australia for a year traveling in a caravan so we um i shared a bed with my brother yeah his feet were facing me my feet were facing him little you know so we bonded a bit there you know 
And um, yeah, just went around in the van for, it actually worked out to be uh, 18 months because we lived in Darwin for nine months. Wow. Mm, so we, we bonded closely, you know, you're in a, in a 23-foot caravan, nowhere to move, mm. you know, so, and um, yeah, it was good experience, but. Did you do, so, a full lap of Australia? Or? Full lap, yeah. pretty much followed the coastline, started going down south, up around in, a, you know, South Australia, Western Australia. We hit Darwin and then come in through the centre and then up through Queensland, come around. Because we were gone so long, I think we flew back for Christmas time. Yeah. Spent, spent it with the family. But, um, yeah, it was an awesome experience, you know. Not many so, children have that in their nah. childhood. Well, I remember everyone, you know, our family members thinking, what the hell are you doing? Like, it was so out of the ordinary for a Maltese family to do, yep. you know, but... When your dad was working 4 a.m. to 11 p.m., you know, he said, that's it. I want to, you know, get to know my family a bit and, you know, he's, yeah. That's awesome. Thing. And, yeah, it was probably the best experience, you know, um, socially because you, when you look back on it now, like sometimes we sit down and at the dinner table at home and we talk about it and think, geez, we're crazy. Like we were little kids running around the caravan park, yep. you know, like, mum and dad knew where we were, but, uh, you know, all the seedy, seedy, you know, mm. old timers there, you don't yeah. know what, you know, especially these days. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's unheard of, you know, but back then, you know, it was a bit different, mm. you know, so. But you grow and you, you get confident and, you know, that sort of thing, but yeah. it was Do good. you remember a, a, a favourite, do you have a favourite spot that you went to in that trip? <sighs> Favorite spot? There was some awesome places. I think, um, like maybe name three. Yeah, I think up in Broome. Yeah, Broome was was beautiful. You know, mm. um, Karajini National Park. Um, that's a bit for. So that's this is all in Western Australia. That's mm. a bit further south from Broome. It's um, yeah, like a like a canyon type thing, and you walk in, you hike through. I'd love to do it now, actually. Cause you take it for granted back then, but you know all these, all these water holes, and you go swimming in them, and and Darwin obviously was a was a great experience, you know, nine months up there, um, just you know having a ball, and mm. we went to school up there, but I'd probably say say them three places if if anywhere, you know. Yeah. Did but, you go to Uluru? Yeah, went to Uluru. It was it was awesome. We did. Mum wouldn't let me climb it. <laughs> Mum was very you know cautious of the. So Happy Chris Smith in one, one of the other podcasts, mm, heard, yeah. he <clears throat> mentioned that as his favourite spot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So no, it was. Um, it has. Look, I was ten at the time, so yeah. I probably would have appreciated a lot more now. Yeah. And a lot of memories are starting to fade now, but um, it was pretty amazing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you play sports as a kid? Yeah. Well, I started off when I was eight, playing a bit of soccer. Just used to do everything my cousin Peter did. Mm-hmm. I was shit house at the time, <laughs> Division Six, yeah. something like that. And then I actually was a weird child. I went and played a bit of tennis, and you know that was all right. And then decided um, I'd go and learn guitar, so I started playing guitar. Did a bit of that. Then we obviously went around Australia, so I turned into a bit of a fat boy, little fat kid, <laughs> little. Little fat Malteser. Little fat Malteser, you know. Um, and then come back and used to watch rugby league with Dad and thought I'd give it a go, you know. So yep. played, enrolled at Hawkesbury City, Hawkesbury Hawks, and had my first year, played dummy half there and loved it. And, um, yeah, soon headed over to Windsor just mm-hmm. to try and push it a bit because... Windsor Wolves? Yeah, yep. wanted to play Division One, and, yeah, started playing over there and... Yeah, really enjoyed my football there. And How long were you there for? Oh, I played from under 15s, I think, up until C grade. Yep. With in-between stints with um, development squads in Penrith and yep. and that side of thing. And, you know, I w- wanted to take my, my footy career further. I thought I was going mm. to do it, you know, but there's a huge political side in, in rugby league and you'd know yourself mm. playing, yep. you know, levels at, at Rabbitohs there, but... You know, we we won a few age groups, and you only get two two of your teams selected 
in that that side for Penrith that year when all the coaches come from St Mary's or yeah you know that sort of thing. So, but it was it was um, it's probably what shaped who I am today. Ideally, like in the sport and fitness side of things, you know, because if I didn't start playing rugby and you know start hitting the gym and stuff like that, I probably wouldn't be into my health and fitness and probably wouldn't have pursued the career I am today. Mm. To be honest, so. Yeah, played a played a bit of sport and always loved it at school, you know, too. Yeah. yeah. So Everything. do you think could you pinpoint two or three things specific that you learnt from playing sport as a as a young fella of, of how that has shaped you today? Is it like Yeah, know, I think teamwork or yeah, yeah. I think teamwork is number one there. Um, I was fortunate enough to be captain pretty most like pretty much most of my playing days. Mm-hmm. Um so you learn how you know how to go about things and and work with others and, and that sort of thing. Um, I think it teaches you how to deal with nerves yep. a lot because although no matter who you're playing, whether you're playing the top of the table or the bottom team, um, it teaches. I was I used to get nervous all the time and still do today. Yep. You know before like I'm shit myself today. You know <laughs> twenty point three tonight, but. Um, you learn how to deal with it better. You yes. know, you wake up that, that Sunday morning and, you know, feeling nervous. You get into a routine of things and know how to, how to cope with it. Yep. You know, and... Um, yeah. Did you develop a competitiveness from those early days? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think against certain teams and you have a few rivalries and, yep. and that sort of thing. Um, I think my competitiveness has, um, has come out a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Um, with more individual sports, yeah. Um, as a team sport, it is competitive and that, but you know, you're it's it's kind of you're all in it together. together. Yeah. But you know, when you're doing you know powerlifting and and that sort of thing, it's it's you. Like yeah. although you you know you train with people and stuff at a comp, you're the one that's got to lift that bar. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yes. um, I think now it's it's come out in me more. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, it's credit to the people around you too. But, yeah, back then, not, maybe not so much, but because, you, you know, it's a 18-man you know, squad or yeah. something like that. But, but now, yeah, see it a lot more now. So Yeah. Do you, can you look back and at the time, say, prior to 18, a sport you played, you had a, did you have a favourite moment or a memory that you, you cherish? Oh, yeah, definitely when we won C grade. Um, Shout out to Jakey McClough, actually, if he's listening. <laughs> he, um, oh, we, St. Mary's used to win every year, like Mercy Rule teams, big time. And I, um, through playing with Penrith, I met, met Jakey and I told him, he was a halfback there, I said, come over, you know. And I was a bit hesitant because I played half too, so I thought I, I knew I was going to lose my position, but yep. brought him over and he, so he'd won every year up until then and brought him over and, um, yeah, that year we we'll, were we'll in the halves together that year, and we had a great side actually. Uh, AJ played in that too, actually. So shout out to him. But yeah. we um, yeah won that. We actually finished fifth at the end of the year. So coming into the finals, you know, we were the bottom team, and we just slowly knocked everyone off. Yeah, wow, that would be like finishing seventh or eighth now, and winning yeah, the comp. Winning the comp. So and it was un- unbelievable. Our, yeah. our coach Gary Rains, M Rains, is dad actually. He um. You know, we used to have bonding sessions, get on the piss and, yeah, some big nights there and everyone was top mates and then, you know, we went up to Queensland for the for the footy trip and, yeah, I think that year was awesome because I'd just turned 18 too, so just getting into it and, you know, that was mm. probably the, the peak of it, I reckon. So yeah, yeah. It was a good time. You develop bonds with, with mates that last oh, a yeah. lifetime. Oh, definitely. Like, I haven't seen some of them for a few years but you see him at the shops and you know you have a yarn for a good half an hour or so you know reminisce and and that sort of thing so it's good no it's definitely a good time of your life so sport's been a big part of your life Mm -hmm. you you follow sport now what what sports do you follow what teams do you yeah um religiously follow i think um yeah it's a strange one that because i was so into my rugby league at the time and i thought i'd be playing to the to the day i die right but I got turned off at big time with the political side of things and just threw me off. I used to be a Penrith boy through and through. Yep. But um, 
I only really follow now the state of origin and I watch the games, know what's happening and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And when we're in a group of people watching, it always go against who, what everyone else is watching just to stir shit up. Yeah. But, um, You're not yeah, a stirrer. I, I, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, like, I reckon the eels are shit, so. <laughs> <laughs> so are them para fans out there, you know. I love yeah. seeing you crumble, but. Nah, um, I, I've, I turned to the EPL, follow Liverpool pretty hard, and English I, I think, yeah, English the English Premier, Premier League. League, yeah, so get up and 2 a.m., you know, 4 a.m., it's hard sometimes, but I think once you, once you get on board with it and you, you follow, follow a club passionately, you know, yeah. it makes them, like, we had a dry spell for so long and winning Champions League last year was, mm. it makes it all worth it, you know? Yeah. And, um... Well, I see it, the same question it. that I sort of put to Chris Smith was, mm. why the English Premier League? What is special about that? And why mm, Liverpool? Compared to the A-League or yeah. something. Um, I think it is so popular. Mm-hmm. I think the skill in the EPL is is unbelievable, especially compared to, you know, obviously, you know, in the Spanish League, you have Barca and all that sort of thing. But a lot of players come from the Spanish League and fail in mm. the English Leagues, you know? Um, is it a faster pace? Faster pace and some of the yeah, some of the skills and the goals are unreal, you know. Mm. Um, and I think that's the that's like every player's aspiration is to go and play in one of them clubs, you know. So it's one of them one of them things everyone fights for, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, and I guess you know my cousin Pete supported them and introduced me to them, and I read you know read up a bit about them and their history. Yep. And because um, they've had such a yeah such a you know deep history and yeah definitely got me got me hooked you know so cool. yeah. Well, let's hopefully they can. Uh, yeah, they got they're gonna win this take season. Take out the league. They're gonna win. We're not gonna crumble this year, <laughs> don't worry. Bloody Man City. Yeah, Man City dogs. Um, so finished school. You yeah. You went to university. Yeah. Yeah. What um what what was the motivation for that and what did you do at uni? Um well yeah I was playing with Penrith at the time and I developed shin splints and everyone from the gym knows how painful they can be. Double unders and John, thanks for programming them, mate. Constantly. Um, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, and no, I went and seen a podiatrist, I had no idea what a podiatrist was because I originally wanted to be a physiotherapist. Yeah. Um and every Tom, Dick and Harry wanted to do it back when I was studying. So I thought, you know, I was tossing and turning. And the other thing, you did need a 99 ATAR or whatever it was. And, you know, I think that was a bit, a bit far-fetched. But um, podiatry yeah. still needed, you know, high, high 80s at the time. Yep. But, um, yeah, and I, I had no idea what a podiatrist was. And, and they, yeah, they fixed me up, gave me some exercises you know, address my, my, you know, mechanics and and I thought this is pretty cool, you know, looked in a bit more, figured out the other nitty gritties of it, you know, the the warts, the ingrowns, the, yep. the general treatment stuff and, you know, I adapted to it and now that's the stuff I actually enjoy most, you know, sitting mm. sitting in a chair talking to your your eighty year olds and they just talk about life and yep. you can switch off and do your thing. It's completely, you know, it's like second nature now. So Yeah. But um yeah, four years at Western Sydney in Campbelltown, and it was a it was a long long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to get out and work because all my mates were buying houses and getting ahead, and I felt like I was being left behind a bit, you know. And yep. they still lived a life, you know. We, I still went to Europe with them, and um, we'd go out and go to Ivy Pasha, Pasha Saturday nights, and stay in the hotels there. I'd still spend as much as they would, and I'd be getting nowhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mum and Dad weren't too happy, and I just wanted to finish and, you know, everything I was saving up at, at Woolworths, doing them night shifts, we're going out to partying and buying clothes and all that sort of shit. But yeah. um, I just wanted to get out and, and make some decent money and, you know, yeah. start my career. And So while you were yeah. at uni, you just mentioned you worked at Woolworths. Yeah. Was that your only, was that your first job? Nah, so I've, well, I've done a lot of, you know, from starting off slave labour with my auntie making five bucks an hour, yeah. you know, she started off mowing lawns and all that sort of thing, but yeah. um, then I worked on the turf farms with my uncles and, you know, that was hard work, but you always felt good after a good day's hard work. I used to do that Saturdays and through the holidays. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I thought I'd better get a, 
an, another job and worked. Oh, I did do a little stint at Subway before Europe Subway. As, a, as a sandwich artist. <laughs> right, that's, that's, that was our label, sandwich artist. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that was that was interesting, and yeah. I, I still think I haven't resigned. I just never showed up to the final shift. <laughs> but no, nah, then then uh, yeah, went to Woolies, and Woolies was um, I think it's good for kids to get in who it teaches them a lot. But it was a, a um, and I, I formed a lot of good relationships there with people too. You know, you work. I was doing night fill. You know, mm. um, so yeah, yeah, there was a lot of shit we didn't like about it but it was um it was a good job when you look back on it now and yeah you know it was it's handy some nights like coming home from uni doing a big day at uni parking my car in the woolies car park sleeping for an hour mm. and then working till 2am you know it wasn't easy but it, you know it, you, you put in the hard yards for a few years for it to pay off in the future you yeah. know do you remember so, something that you were that you thought of or what was the drive to just keep you getting through that like a lot of people would do that and then give up yeah what kept you going um so many times i think through uni i honestly thought fuck why don't i just fucking become an electrician you know i mean? just leave now and start making some money and um i don't know i think i i think because i was still you know, training and that sort of thing. It was still my passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, because I already spent, you know, by the time you think about it and you're already two years in and then you go, oh, I might as well finish it and, and go from there, you know. Mm. Um, it was an uncertainty as to, to where I was going to work and that sort of thing. And and um, as it become a bit clearer, it got a bit easier. Mm-hmm. As you come closer, it gets a bit easier. You know, you start learning more and, it doesn't seem so daunting. Yes. Right? Because um, then you think, oh, I can actually do this, you know? And um, then you start work and it becomes becomes like, you know, mm. it becomes easy. So. How did you feel when you graduated? Oh, it was a relief. Yeah. It was a relief, you know? Um, especially at that point, I had work lined up already. Yeah. So a lot of people were in the in the dark and. You know, it can be difficult, a lot of uni students graduating and having nothing to go to. Mm-hmm. So I was content and I was ready to, to go hard, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah. you had a job lined up. Was that at mm. Hawkesbury Podiatry? Yeah, good old Hawkesbury Podiatry with um, George and Ellen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did, like, I did a month's um, work placement. Actually, I had approached them uh, in my final year of uni and just said, can I come in? A day a week and just volunteer and just help out and, and learn things because I knew I wanted to work here. It's in Richmond. It's close. Yeah. Um, everyone knew George and his orthotics and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a crack. And he said, yeah. And and I, I teed up my work placement, which you're not supposed to. You're supposed to just get sent. But you know, you know a few people behind the back doors of the uni and you get in. And it was the best thing because then he offered me full time work and yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a stint I did there. It was a rough, rough first year because they, the owners ended up splitting up, and unfortunately, um, and yeah, it was tough because you know, I had two bosses and was thrown in the deep end a lot. A lot of my colleagues, they, um, they went out and they'd see you know eight patients a day or whatever. My first day, I was by myself and seen twenty. My first day, he. George went home that day, so wow. yeah, seen twenty, and I remember thinking like, "What's going on here?" Then the mm. paperwork, and you know, but how did you feel at the end of that day? Oh, it was yeah. I remember coming home, and mm. you know, just so I didn't even train that day, mm. so yeah, I thought this is gonna be tough, but you know, I was pulled through, and yeah, it's worth it in the end, you know. So. Again, that resilience that you build up, and yeah. the ability to overcome adversity yeah. that you. You know, oh, people underestimate, but just picking up, going around Australia, it's changed. Yeah, yeah. It's been able to deal with that. And, yeah, um, I think resilience is very important because I know a lot of a lot of people these days, a lot of, you know, employees would just say, no, nah, mm. and take the easy way out. But, you know, then then you have to look for work and probably become harder, you know. So yeah, stuck through it. I thought, you know, if it keeps on going like this, I'll look for something else while I'm still working here and 
yeah. and go from there. But, you know, things turned around and yeah. changed so in a positive direction. So, so you're working full-time. Um, you, you're now the, the founder and you've started um, the allied health business, Greater yeah. Western Health. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us how that came about? And Yeah, so, so Ellen and George had split up and she left the business he had taken over mm-hmm. and the business you know although how long was this from when period. you started at so so yeah so into i think it was six months in right i went to europe the family come back and then it was he was taking over so mm-hmm. it was so then i think that by the time he took over, it was a year after I'd started working. So, yeah, one year basically since so you started working and left uni. Mm. Yep. Then things started not looking too good and, you know, um, the business was spiraling down a little bit and um, I, didn't, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. We were losing clients a bit because Ellen started up not far in Riverston. Mm-hmm. And the future looked a little bit uncertain. And funny enough, this is where we kind of, you know, grew closer together. Because mm-hmm. um, training at the uni gym and always talk about my issues. And um, you, I remember you saying, you know, we've got a room here if if you want to, you know, jump in. And I remember us having chats yeah. um, before that, just about, you know, having a dream of creating like a big health and performance centre and, you know, having everything there, you know, your physio, podiatry, or your, you know, your gym and just an overall health centre, you know? Yeah. And I think this was the, the first kind of opportunity for it to kind of start. Mm. And, you, you know, it was, you know, you offered me that, that room there and start a, start a little thing out of there. I do Thursday, I do Thursday afternoons and Saturdays there after mm-hmm. my job here. And clients slowly started building up. So started Greater Western Health. So I couldn't have really started it without you and um, and the crew from the uni gym at the time. I think you always would have. It's in your nature. I just I just think that was just a, a an opportunity yeah. at the time. I think you you've always had it in you. Yeah. It's just the the moons aligned at that yeah. time and and probably ex, um, expedited mm. that for you. But um, yeah. yeah. No, it was um it it gave me kind of. A pathway and confidence in business because I didn't know much about... Well, my dad was a business owner and I've always had that support, mum and dad driving me. Um, So, you know, and all my... Pretty much all my cousins are business owners, every single one of them. Yeah. But, you know, still you don't know everything and I think it was good not not leaving full-time work, buying a business and not knowing anything and that's it. I was still working, I was still earning a wage mm. and I could slowly build my clientele and learn about the nitty gritties behind it, behind the scenes. Starting small. Starting small, you know. Um, and do you remember a time where you thought like, okay, do I start my own business or do I just go and find another job? Yeah, well, it, what made it was you at that business? point where we didn't know. Well, I think then at that time I was... I was making not too bad coin doing that two days a week and I thought, you know, this is pretty good. But, you know, and, and then the plan was, you know, eventually if, if Hawkesbury Podiatry folded, then I'd keep this going and try and salvage the clients, you know. So, yeah. um, so, I thought so I'll, the people I'll have of Hawkesbury still had somewhere to come yeah, to. Exactly, yeah, exactly, you know. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it was tough, but, you know, you, you, you grow grow into it you know when you're thrown in the deep end you swim or sink yeah you know so um how long have you been open now as greater western health well yeah, now trading it's been uh, about a year and a half now or maybe just under a year and a half yep oh sorry more coming up to two years now yep um yeah well obviously then george couldn't keep the business running and offered to sell me the business and Managed to take over and shift everything across to Francis Street. Yep. Rebranded the place and got some good staff on and, and then um, made the, the dive, you know, came across Adam Blair and... Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that was, that from was podiatry, a, mm. what does, what, how have you expanded and what have you brought into the business to help it grow? Yeah, I think that was 
um, the turning point. Um, it was actually when I was at the uni gym when I had the room only two days a week and you know paying a, a lease for it. Um, when you can put someone else on and help you pay it off. So yeah. um, I actually contacted Brooke, um, an old mate from school, and see if she was a physio to see if she wanted to come on board. And her partner was looking for work at the time, Adam. So, you know, we met up and, and he, he wasn't happy with where he was. And we both sat down about what we look at and what we kind of want, you know, out of, out of the health industry and we both our both our values kind of aligned and you know trying to achieve that ultimate goal for a patient instead of just trying to make money because that's essentially what a lot of clinics do these days yes and we thought doing it together alongside each other would would go hand in hand you know because mm-hmm. uh, you get a lot of businesses out there um you know there, there's a podiatry business a physio business you know a physio is going to try and do a podiatrist's job. Podiatrists will try and do a physio's job. It's just business, you know. Mm-hmm. So having it under the one roof was, you know, always my goal and dream to create this allied health center mm-hmm. um, where a patient can come in, you know, I see something I'm not happy with that I'm not 100% confident with. Instead of me trying to, to work on it, you know, take them down the hallway, see Adam, you know, our notes are, you know, on the same system, we can look at each other's notes and get a better outcome for the patient. Um, so yeah, that started there, and and he he's um, he jumped into it straight mm. away. So he he just he gave up his job and jumped straight in, jumped in the deep end, and and within a matter of no time, I think I think we needed him to see. We had a quota of patients. Yeah, can't remember exactly how many it was. He had to see to earn the same amount as he was. Within two weeks, he was doing that. Incredible, isn't so, it? So, um, you know, it, it start it started from there, and it was a new thing for me because you know I'm a p- podiatry business. We jumped into the physio side of things, competing against your other businesses around the area. Yes. Um, so it was it was it was tough at first, but once you know, done once we started saving up a bit, we could advertise and and get our name out there a bit and word travels around Richmond. Yeah. You know, we um started to get a little thing thing happening and and it, it just got better from there, you know. Um things started looking 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 better off and I think where you're winning is both you and Adam um and why the business is growing well is because you are focused on caring for your current your patients and and growing that um allied health service yeah. as a whole rather than focusing on your competition and trying exactly. to take patients off them yeah you're just focused on total care yeah that's it um well if anyone if anyone comes in and i'm mm. seeing them for podiatry and they say oh, i'm seeing a physio you never bad mouth another professional yep. you know get if you have any troubles in the future and you're not seeing results let us know and you know yep. um I think that's a big part of it because you've got to grow the profession equally, you know? Yep. Um, but and now yeah. you're at three locations? Three locations now. So, again, we obviously you guys moving to, to Bowman Street and setting up a Reedy. Mm-hmm. Um, we still, a lot of our clients were still going to the uni gym at the time and um, we had kind of lost that connection a bit, but yep. we still were getting a lot of referrals and we thought, you know, you had that upstairs room and... Why not start leasing that? And yep. Adam Adam works out of there two days a week and filling up as well. So I yep. think that's the the we've we've kind of established the pathway to to the the health and performance center we want. And yep. it's not a it doesn't come overnight. Yep. it's consistency and and hard work, but um, it's made it coming it's, together. I think it's awesome. You know, you have your physio training, um, you know, your podiatrist training. You have an issue, am I doing this exercise right or, you know, my back's playing up, you know, I've seen Adam strap a few people through the gym or, or just duck upstairs quickly for an assessment. Yeah. I think that's invaluable, you know. Absolutely. Um, we've tried a few things with prevention and, and that sort of thing. Obviously, you know, it's come down to the individual. Yeah. Um, so. It's a work in progress and I think mm. trial and error too and. Mm. I think, well, so everyone knows it has been, you know, we've had many discussions on mm. how CrossFit Aridi and, you know, Greater yeah. Western Health can eventually be under one yeah. roof as yeah. a whole and have that um, yeah. you know, total package for everyone. And that's, 
you know, it, it might take some time, but yeah. we're slowly, slowly getting there. integrating our, our services. It, um, yeah, look, it's, Rome wasn't built in a day, and right. I think you've got to take small steps, because I think a lot of businesses fail, you know, by failing to plan, you know, so yeah. Yeah. you've got to take a step at a time, and, yeah. you know, just like the renovations here at Francis Street, you know, well, I wanted to paint and take the wallpaper down for for months, you know. Yeah. But you know, you wait till you can can do it and you can afford things it. Things come and, you... and then you appreciate it more, you know. Absolutely. So, um, Adam comes on board, and how? What else have you done to expand your services? Yeah, well, I, I want to mention the girls too on the front desk because they're my, amazing. My amazing. So my, I was doing obviously a lot of business and admin stuff myself, and. My cousin Emily come on, and then I've got my other cousin Courtney, <laughs> keep it in the family to work, and Annette, yep. Annette jumped in too, she used to work in, in the front ends at Woolies, and she's like a mother to me, but uh, as, as well as Sue Hammond, obviously, yep. probably my second mum there. Um, she feeds us. Oh, feeds us well, you know. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that they can do you know, I push onto them now and it makes my job a lot easier to look at the next step of things. Otherwise, you know, you swarm with things. So if you can get them to slowly do things at a time and they do everything to a T, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah then from, from Adam thriving, you know, nearly mm. seeing 50 patients a week. Yeah. Maybe even more now. Um, yeah, we, we had room for more physio, so... Um, Pat Green jumped on board too, and, and he's growing too. Mm-hmm. So he's on part time with us, and and um, George still works a couple of days a week and sees his old patients. He's a good old character, Georgie. Yeah. But um, he does a couple of days a week, and and now we've got a, a speech pathologist in in one of the rooms, and um, from Speech Co. And they're a good family friend, and they they run separately to us, but you know it's still that allied health center you know so um it's all under the one roof you know awesome so anyone listening um that might not know of you yet Mm. how can they contact you and whereabouts um whereabouts are you Mm. so So we've got the street richmond we've got the three locations we've got the francis street old house behind coles there yep um we've obviously upstairs in Aridi where adam works um and we've got the uni gym adam and pat both do days there pat does some days at francis street too yep What's the um, best way they can contact? I'd say I'll throw out a number. Probably yeah. just to ring the ring the girls on four five seven eight four seven eight eight, and they'll they'll sort you out. Um, you know, we we don't mind if we see you see you around to let us know we can get up the system on our phone and book in. But yeah. just to save any issues, the girls are, are a one. You know, so awesome. I'll sort you out. Can you share, or do you have a funny story from? someone you've treated without disclosing too much i've had a few funny ones i've treated katie a few times <laughs> but i won't go there awkward i won't go there that was out of, that was out of hours but no <laughs> no only joking Foot i don't think she's actually even come in really for anything but not supporting the local businesses but yeah, no nah, that'll be right that'll be right no nah, um if not a funny story, what do you I want? think? Yeah, I think one one stands out. Patient X comes in for a, a, a problem, and um, it was I was doing some soft tissue work on her calves, and she was wearing like genie pants, and I could easily put them up, but she decided she was going to take them straight off, <laughs> so she took them straight off, and she was close to sixty, I reckon, you know, and. Oh, you just got to act professional and yeah. So sitting know, there in her underwear, in an underwear, didn't didn't bother. And she goes, "I'm happy to walk." Walk, and I thought, "Oh, this is this is you know, <laughs> you know, fair enough." If I had to do some assessments around the hips or you know something like that, but you know, just and I this was like in my first month of practicing, you know. But fantastic, you know. So yeah. the confidence, you know, yeah, yeah that's good. probably probably um, one thing. Right up to today, with you know, getting through uni, starting your business, um, obviously now building and growing a successful business, what are you most proud of? Um, yeah, it's good to look back every now and then. Um, yeah, I think the last year has been, has been awesome, especially 
since we've started the, the physio side of things mm. and we're slowly I think I think I think to be honest the last I think Adam because Adam showed Adam he's studied um, uh, therapy that not many not many health professionals have and um, I think that sets him apart from a lot of different health professionals so mm-hmm. he introduced me to that and I went and I was in a bit of a rut to be honest with with um, you know you had that 10% of clients sports related injuries that you just don't see improve and there's always that that question why so mm. this therapy is the missing link um yeah. i went and studied it myself and some of the stuff is amazing that i've learned and i've really found like sometimes if i get two or three clients a week with something i can i can use you know this therapy on then afterwards it's such a satisfaction you know like yeah. i'll ring adam and i'll say oh my god i just found Look, this is what I just found, you know. Yeah. You'll see some of our posts on Facebook yeah. explaining some of the things and it's unreal, you know. And mm. then, you know, when you see the results from it, mm. that you sit, like obviously achieving, you know, business-wise and that sort of thing is, is, is good and um, financial success is good. But when you, um, you know, help someone like that mm. and you find a problem that, you know, three or four other health practitioners haven't who have been in the industry for years, that's that's what kind of, you know, yeah. makes you proud. I think we we all do what we do because we genuinely want to care and help people. Yeah. And so, yeah, those moments where you get a positive results for people, that's yeah. Yeah. their proud moments. Yeah, yeah. so. Awesome, man. Um, anyone currently about to study podiatry or any advice for them? I reckon just, just pull through. Yeah. Um, uni... Uh, practicing life is nothing like uni yeah you learn a lot of theory in the real world 80 percent of it is is your general general nail care and that sort of thing and you know look put in and learn and 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 that sort of thing but once you get your degree you can always further yourself more you know because a lot of the time there's a lot of pressure at uni like with your your um your practical examinations with your your lecturer or your your physician in front of you yep. and you've got to assess them and they're judging you and you're panicking it's it's very hard at mm. uni you know yeah. when you get in the real world you do things at your own pace you know um so and you, if you don't and you know a new grad's not going to know everything so you know you do something conservative to start off with research it mm. you know there's always you can always research it you know there's studies on everything nearly now so yeah research it and just you know stick with it you know because yep. we need to build the, the podiatry profession so awesome mate mm. well from my point of view um you know obviously i've known you now for quite a number of years and i'm you know really proud of you know where you are now to where i first met you and how you have persisted through and and um i'm really excited for the the business that you're creating mm. and and um you know, I, I know you're going to be a success way into the future, so keep going, mate, with that. Thanks, mate. Um, change of course. Yeah. How did you come to start doing CrossFit? Oh, so this is a funny one. Eh? Everyone laughs at me about this because I remember doing my powerlifting down at the uni gym. And, and you're becoming quite, yeah. a, quite a good powerlifter yeah. before that. Yeah, no, I was, um, it, it actually gave my training purpose. Yep. Um, I used to just do a bit of bodybuilding stuff and... Freaking nothing more boring than just going and training shoulders or, you know. Yep. And I just felt it was all just about trying to look good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt powerlifting gave me a, a purpose. And then this CrossFit thing come about. Johnny Boy, Johnny Watton got it, got it going. And um, just, I remember, I remember making fun of him, actually. <laughs> he was doing his own little wads in the corner. I remember sending him, just putting the cross sign up, like, CrossFit, CrossFit, <laughs> you know. Just making fun of him and... And um, then they started doing the classes and, you know, high five. And I thought, this is pretty gay, eh? And Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Vella was doing the same thing and we were talking about it. And then next minute he was in there going, you freaking trader, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Then I thought, ah, oh, you know what? I feel like I need to do a bit of cardio. I don't like running on a treadmill. So I thought I'd jump in and, mate, I just got hooked, eh? Like, you, um, it's pretty much everything. So, you know, and it's competitive you're versing yourself all the time. Um, the feeling before every single wad, you know, you get these nerves and after it, you feel amazing. The endorphins mm. that, you know, I could be having a shit day 
mm. and I'll, I'll, even on my birthday a month ago, I remember mm. I had a shit morning snatching, doing my weightlifting, and it was my birthday. I felt like shit all day. I was angry. Um, all, um, all the weightlifting crew at the gym would know what it's like to, to have a shit snatch day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, well, I was supposed to go home to, to have dinner with mum and dad. I said to Katie, I need to go to the gym. I need, I need to do a ward. <laughs> so I just went to the gym, trained for an hour, and I felt good as gold. Yeah. You know, the endorphins that go through, through yeah. you. So, yeah, started there. Then, obviously, I really moved. And, um, yeah, the, just the, the community behind it. And, yeah, you're not really just going to train. You, like, I'll go to, I'm there, and I'm there for three hours now. Mm. You know, you, you talk to people. You, yeah. you know, you, you go out with them on weekends as well. Um. So it's, it's, it's a good community thing too, you know? Yeah. So, Do you have any goals in the next 12 months for CrossFit? Um, Anything you want to achieve, number you want I to think, I think it used to be, before they changed the Open, used to be trying to make regionals maybe one day. Yeah. Um, I think now it's like each year with the Opens, trying to improve your, your ranking in the world, um, in Australia. But now, you know, just do comps here and there and improve my strength slowly. I'm yeah. not trying to to make nationals or anything, but just stay strong. And I think seeing a lot of my old patients is a big eye opener. Yep. Not many people get that exposure, but I see a lot of patients, you know, 60 year old, 70, whatever. They can't even get out of a chair, some of them. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and and you look at their lifestyle and I'm blessed because I, I have the knowledge of it. And yes. I have since a young age, because I've been involved with footy again, you know, training all the time and in my profession. So I, I, it's, it's, I take it for granted, but a lot of people don't know. And I think just the CrossFit is, is, allows me to keep moving functionally, okay? Yeah, you get your injuries here and there, but everybody has dysfunctions. Mm-hmm. When you get injured, you get on top of it, right? But um, you do things right and you don't get injured. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think um, that's exposed me a lot to you know, where I want to be and just longevity, stay training and slowly make improvements. Yep. Obviously, I'll get to a point where I won't be able to deadlift 260, yep. you know, um, but then, you know, just do what you can do at that point and, and yep. keep moving. I'm happy staying fit and, you know. Awesome. What do you say to those people that are looking to do CrossFit, but they're just too shy or mm. um, I, I'm not fit enough or not strong enough mm. to walk through the door? Well, it's funny because my mum's actually joining next week. So she was very hesitant, you yeah. know. I don't, don't want to be versing people and, and that sort of thing. A lot of, a lot of perce- people have that perception of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's more about yourself and becoming a better person at life because in a ward you're fighting yourself mentally, um, obviously physically, right? But then you come around to You might do a benchmark and then come again and... You have to go, and then you beat your score. You're versing yourself, and you, you're you're developing uh, a resilience in this, you know, mental mental fight. You know. Yep. Um. So I think you know you just gotta just persevere, learn everything properly, and it, it's not about it. You, you can scale anything, you know. So everything not, can be everything modified. Everything can be modified. So, yeah. um, you know, if you can't do a burpee, you know, you can do it to a step or something like that. Yep. Um. And you, the feeling from it, it, it's different to your other boot camps and, and that sort of thing, you know? Mm. It's worth, awesome. well worth it. So. Yeah, cool. Do you have any fears or phobias? Yeah, lifting weights. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, oh, probably Katie will tell you, probably my biggest fear is spiders. Yeah. I don't care how big or small they are. Yeah. Or and wasps. I can't stand them little bugs. Yeah. Just like that kills me man like yeah. you see a spider katie's gonna have to kill it <laughs> right so I, i'm not no nah, i'm not a big fan of that but obviously you get a little before you you know go and attempt a heavy clean or something you get this little yeah you know but that's what nah, fear of spiders fear, that, you know, that's that, sort of that's, what i'm looking for yeah, is, nah, fear, yeah fear of spiders i'm not scared of oh heights maybe sometimes heights yeah yeah you're pretty you weren't that comfortable at the top of that pegboard. Oh, you know, it's a bit awkward. <laughs> and the reason I wanted to get, the reason I had to, like, I remember at Benton, the second pegboard I got up, the only reason I 
got there and come back downwards because I didn't want to fall. Yeah. So, yeah, heights get me a bit bit giddy too. Me and Katie went rock climbing in Wollongong not long ago. Yeah. That was, yeah, was something else. So heights, so, heights, yeah, spiders more. Yeah. Yeah, so. cool. Um, one of the last questions before mm. we get into just some, some really quick ones. Mm-hmm. If you could go back to teenage Tom with what you know now, what advice would you give him? Um, don't take risks. I took a lot of risks as a as a as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Look, it probably shaped my resilience because I used to obviously suffer a lot of consequences and learn how to deal with them. So maybe it was a good thing, but to avoid the mistakes, don't take risks. You know, yeah. behind the wheel and doing silly things and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just listen to your parents because I think a lot of people, your parents. They actually do want the best from you. Yeah. And I've worked that out now, you yeah. know, especially with the support they've given me through the last year or so. Mm. You know, it's no one else cares about you as much as your parents. So listen to what they say. Your mates will your mates will be there in the fun times, but not always yeah. in the in the dark times, you know. So listen listen to your to your parents. Hundred percent. They know best. Great advice. All right. So just some quick rapid fire questions. Yeah. What's your favourite takeaway meal? Got to be Thai buffalo. In got to be Hobart Thai buffalo, Hobartville. Yeah, it's my new, one. it's my newfound, newfound love. It's actually quite good for you too, I guess. Yeah, I tell myself that. But hundred percent. Yeah, the Thai green curry. I heard you, Smithy, and, and you, you know what? I was spewing you did the co- podcast first because I wanted to say that. So it looks like I'm copying you, but I'm not. <laughs> well, that's a good endorsement for them. Yeah, hell. yeah. Um, all-time favorite movie. Oh, it's got. You know what? I'd probably say these days The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. Favourite actor would be De Niro and, and him in Casino and all his gangster movies. But yeah. um, I love Wolf of Wall Street because yeah. it's more modern and, yeah. you know, it's yeah, full on. Favourite series, TV series or Netflix series? <laughs> the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> yeah. Thomas Shelby. Peakies. Yeah, got to be the Peakies. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh... That's a hard one. Everyone says... To or elite talent. Or elite talent. Um, I reckon it would be to read people's minds. Wow. Yeah, I reckon you'd, you'd learn a lot about people and, mm. you know, because these days... What they're really thinking. What they're really thinking and, you know, it would help a lot even as a, as a practitioner. Mm. You know, you wouldn't have to get a history. <laughs> you'd be able to know straight away without them telling you anything. All right, good one. So... Um, what's been your favourite holiday destination so far? Um, well, obviously we've done a lot. Europe was amazing when I went to Europe. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Malta. I'm Malta. being a bit biased, but yeah. right. it's, awesome. um, it's un- unreal. Cool. Unreal waters. And last question. You're yeah. down to your last 20 bucks. What would you spend it on? Oh, I wouldn't slap it on the pokies, Chris. <laughs> but... Um, I reckon I'd go have a coffee with the missus. Yeah, okay. Or something, you yeah. know? Do something like that. With a whiskey chaser. Yeah, with a whiskey, yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be, you know, aged scotch. It can't be too aged because that'll put it over 20 bucks and, <laughs> you know, go from there. But, nah, cool. Yeah. All right, coffee with the missus. Yeah. Maybe one shot of whiskey. Yeah, something like that. Awesome. Um, yeah. Mate, wrap it up there. Um, thank you Beautiful. so much. We might do this again awesome. soon. Awesome. Thanks um, for having me. All the best and yeah, thanks for everything that you do. No worries, thanks, mate. Tommy. Thank you.